0: The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
4: You heard it. I'm R.J. Live, coast to coast. 200 Fox Sports Radio Station, 6 o'clock Eastern now. East Coast, drive time, 3 here in Vegas. Big Friday, a lot of the big wigs taking today off. Mike, wait a minute, is there games tonight? Yes, I'll be there. It's the way we do it. Pros who know, Brad Powers, Steve Fezzik. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. My personal promise, we will deliver the Vegas truth to you. Jonas Knox, day two of a four-day vacation. And that doesn't count the weekend. He's like, get those days off anyway. Be back next week. Now, guys, let's start with about a 30-second topic. Because one of the great things about live radio, it's live. Something happens, we react. Now, when something happens and Fezzik has to look up a number in the moment, not good. He's fumbling. Paper's flying. Then the chair starts kicking out like, he's, <laughs> like he almost falls. And he looks up at you, like down low, kind of chagrined. But luckily, Dwight Howard signing with the Lakers happened a while back, a couple hours, I guess. So we can talk about it. I think it's simple, and we can get past this in 30 seconds. I think by definition, I know, value from a Vegas perspective is value above replacement. Meaning, if this guy's not there, you replace him with someone off the street, or whoever's typically would be available for that slot, how much better is the current person than the replacement? Now, in my opinion, Dwight Howard is replacement level. So, by definition, just because he's got a big name, just because he has a history, doesn't make him more valuable. Now, his personality, his locker room presence, historically, he's been a negative. I mean, there's stories out there that I can't remember if it was the – he was on the 2010 team, that didn't want him on the 12 team, or some variation of that. But there was a – let's just say a distaste is the story about Dwight Howard participating with LeBron and Kobe on those teams – and again, that is a love fest. Typically, the best players going around the world. It's like a Rolling Stones con or R- Rolling Stones tour back in the seventies. And still, he was a source of conflict, Dwight Howard. So now you've got a replacement level talent, and let's just say at best, neutral character, neutral. And again, character is a wrong word. Maybe I don't know what he would do if he drove off into the lake. And there was a girl with him. Would he swim up and say I was by myself, or would he risk his own life? That's true character. But when it comes to disruption, continuity in the locker room, or lack of continuity, it seems like Dwight has a history. That's a negative. On the court, not sure he's a positive anymore. So first off, as do you agree, Dwight Howard replacement level? I agree. No value from him. Okay. So let's move on quickly. I also think, and I tweeted this out a couple days ago. You wondering if the Lakers are worried about their supporting cast? Answer, Dwight Howard. I mean, if there's anything that shows you they're worried, it's his signing. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Let's get to last night. Now, preseason football, always a lot of money. Bet. Also, things to learn about the regular season. That's our two-pronged approach to preseason. A lot of shows don't touch it because they can't find anything worth talking about. We find two things worth talking about. Discerning what we are learning about the regular season. Daniel Jones probably is going to come up in that conversation. And then also, is there money to be made now? But, boy, there's a third reason today. Drama. Drama, as they say. We had a lot of talk about the Raiders game. There was discussion, and this was out there for days. The field might be an issue. And we were thinking, huh, how does that affect things? Now, Fez, you and I had a little uh, button heads, I'd say, because on one hand you said Gruden was thinking, "Uh uh-oh, this field's looking bad, might be bad, maybe I won't start or play my main guys. Now, what I heard was reports... He had 20-some people he didn't even bring. The Raiders didn't bring on the trip. So what what exactly were the details there?
5: Yeah, so 24 guys did not make the trip, and the money, because of that, poured in on Green Bay. Hey, Oakland's not playing their starters. But then Green Bay— Did we know the 24 at the time? I did not know the 24.
4: Okay, so the money poured in, though we didn't know which players it was. Correct. Or did some people—I mean, I guess in theory there could have been inside information. I think what we're seeing now and I'm going to pencil this in I try to learn every year. I mean I've been I'm 48. I started when I was 14 batting. It's true. Now, uh, you know, I think that's over 30 years if I did the math. <laughs> yeah. Is that right, Brian? Yeah. If you just learn a little bit every year, you've done pretty well, but people don't think like that. It's always next year seems like a long time into the future. Huh? That's the guys that don't win. So what I'm penciling in for myself is the idea that there can be indicators from the team other than words spoken at a podium. It's easy. The beat writer says it or you hear the stream, we're not going to play our starters. Big Ben, like I heard Big Ben's going to play, you know, maybe to the beginning of the second quarter. That's coming from sources. If you get that first and bet on it, you can win. Maybe even some would say the market doesn't respond to that stuff as quickly as you might even think. It might be hours later. There's still a little value left from that information. But I think there's another level, which is, let's look at the Packers' last game. Aaron Rodgers expected to play. Yep, didn't. We were live on air when the announcement came out that he wasn't going to play. Oh, my back hurts. Don't want to play against that Baltimore defense. So, F- Faz, that's you making fun of Aaron Rodgers' athleticism, or la- like he's a wimp? <laughs> that wimpy NFL. You ever stand next to an, uh, uh, like an NFL D lineman? Probably prudent to avoid Baltimore. <laughs> like they're, they're six six. You know, I mean, like literally, their forearms are bigger than your waist. But that wimp Faz says he's wimpy. That Aaron Rodgers. But anyway, <laughs> business decision, maybe you could say Aaron was making. But it wasn't just the adjustment of Aaron playing or not playing, I think. I think it's Green Bay telling the world and, quite frankly, telling their own players, this game's not as big as we maybe thought. Because if you maybe are going to play or likely to play Aaron Rodgers and then you don't, you're saying something. It's like if there's a meeting, Fest sets up, and they're usually borderline worth going to, but I try to placate him. Wait, he's hearing me. Okay. Is... If I say, you know something, can't do it, got got the sniffles. That's me saying, oh, I don't think this is very important, right? Now, Green Bay said that, right? What did the Raiders say this week? Oh, this game's not very important to us. We're not even going to fly. We don't even want those people to hassle flying up here. So it's not just the absence of those people. It's the message Mm. that Gruden's approaching this differently Than he does most preseason games. Yes. Now, what was even more dramatic was the 80-yard field, the no kickoff. And was that the two main ones?
6: Yes. Yes. Okay.
4: Now, listen. I'm not a rocket scientist, but if you have to go 100 yards, you know, the length of the field to score, or 80, I think it's about 20% easier. Some variation of that. Okay? Now, how in the heck could the books – Say, you bet under the assumption that it was a normal football field like every other game? Well, okay, but it's an 80-yard field. And under the assumption there was kickoffs? Okay, but there's no kickoffs. Now, here's what you need to understand about these books. There's so many ways that they will void action. In fact, in just a minute, we're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens and how action was voided in that game. In fact, let's take a minute and talk about that now because it will show you how shocking this decision was when it came to voiding or not voiding action in the Raiders game against Green Bay just last night. Ravens, now at a certain point, it's later in the game. What's the score? Baltimore's ahead 26 15 covering the minus five. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Luckily, we have all action on these starts with our bet, right? Because we've got a bet. <laughs> I, <laughs> like I forgot about Man. that little caveat. I, I but, don't think you're going to need this ah, to win your bet. All joking aside, and the bet is, by the way, because we, we'll be talking about this throughout the show, is we picked out six coaches, four of them that did exceptionally well and two of them that's done exceptionally poorly in their careers in the preseason, and it starts out 7-0. and First couple weeks. And I say, Fez, what do you think uh, it will finish in, from here, from here? Not the seven and oh, he goes, oh, fifty five. I said, I'll bet you over. And we ended up having collectively what about seven hundred in action on that one. Now, since then, how's that? Let's say Baltimore's no action. How's it gone? Five. Oh, and one. All right. So right now. <laughs> it, so that's twelve. Oh, and one. Yes. And that and with the Ravens not counting. Should have been thirteen, you could argue. Now think about that, guys. We preach and preach and preach that it's not easy to win. But all we did was go into the historic records of the coaches, say, Oh, these five four guys won a lot. Oh, these two didn't. Bet on the good coaches, off the bad coaches. More of the same, some would say with an abbreviation. The fact is. Very rarely will the obvious work in betting. I think in the NFL preseason, the coach's motivation and all that, that, all the ways it shows itself in the preseason, both in do they game plan, do they blitz, how long do they play their starters, that history, whatever it is, of a hardball, of these guys, and we'll talk about the coaches left to play this weekend. I don't think the adjustments are enough. And if you would have started playing this system the day we talked about it, you'd be 12-0-1? Yes. And if you started after week one, well, I mean, spoiler alert, there's no losses. So whenever you started, you would have won with this system. Is there a guarantee it's going to win going forward? Far from it. But I still think, Fez, if we had to bet from here, if we had to bet from here, <laughs> what would what would the – Final results from here of our six coaches. B, would you bet over fifty-five or under fifty-five? No. <laughs> what number would you take more action? Fifty-seven. At? And I, st- you know, if it's such low volume, I'm <laughs> yeah. not gonna do it. But he's still being stubborn. So guys, there's not many times we say that it's obvious that you can make money in an obvious fashion. This is one of them with those coaches. We'll give the names, especially in the games, actually, coming up. All right, Fez. So in that game, Ravens win, Ravens covering over the total, correct? Correct. And what happens?
5: There's 11 minutes to go, and there is lightning, and the game gets
4: called for weather. And there's no action because the rule is 55 minutes must be played in a football game or there's no action. Correct. Fair. It's a stated rule. Now, what is going to affect the game more? It going short like that, right? Because it's official, both sides. Because remember, it's like five and a half innings in baseball. If it was the first quarter and this happened, what, five? Five innings. Five, full innings. Yeah, so it's, okay, thank you. Is the, I'm thinking, I guess, the five and a half. The four and a half of the home teams ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about the, the, the I guess, the, the five and a half, or the five inning line, or the five and a half inning line. But fair enough. I think we're on the same page with that. Now. Here's the question. What would affect the game more? Something like, oh, you only play 53 minutes? Or, oh, the game was supposed to be on Monday, but it was played on Tuesday? Because in that case, no action. doesn't matter if that was on the board for three months and got millions, no action, one day different. Literally, and I remember this, I was on SportsCenter talking about this years ago, Utah, USC. I remember the game. It went final. Tickets were paid. About 20 minutes after the game, they changed the score. Yep. Hey, they paid off of the final that was presented at the end of the game. Now, that one makes a little more sense because if they're paying off some people, they're not going to pay you off after, and they can't get those other people to come back and get the money back. Good luck with that. Now, if you're on all credit or if you're all on computers, software, it's easier, right? These are physical tickets. But there's all these things, and... Let's think about it. it. Is changing location, like that Mexico City game last year that went to Los Angeles? I mean, it, it, it there was no action on all those bats. That in the San Diego wildfires, a few years back. Yeah, no action. Yeah. So, to me, what we're seeing is that the NFL, or not the NFL in this case, the sports books are saying when there's li- these little things happen. We don't want the exposure because effectively, in theory, this would all even out. If you said just keep the action in all these cases, if you bet enough games, you'd win some, you'd lose some, but you'd always get the action and it'd even out in the end, and we'd all be happier, I think. But I think the books are afraid. They want to control as much as possible. But I also think they know that if a player loses when it seems unfair, he's going to be even more mad than if he wins how happy he's going to be. And because of that, even if you win five and lose five of these kind of, oh, they could go either way, you're probably going to be mad. So maybe the books are right. But what I was really shocked by, and I tweeted it, I said, I'd be surprised if any book, this is action in any book. It just seems like such a fundamental change. And seemingly every book had it as action. 80-yard field, no kickoffs, but yes, your bet stands, your total stands. Because they just didn't have a rule
6: to allow. They'd want to avoid it, but they they couldn't because there's no rule out there. I'll make a prediction. I bet it has to be played on a 100-yard field. It's probably written into the rules from this point.
4: And I think, and I was leading up to it, luckily Fez jumped in, is that it really was ultimately about this is unprecedented, that I can't think of and no one seems to be able to think of a time that the game of football was fundamentally changed like it's been or like it was for this game. And I mean, literally if they would have decided to play in an arena stadium, like I guess that would have been a different venue, but that's interesting. Could you debate if you had a million dollar bet, could you debate that that wasn't the same venue, that that venue was a (laughs) hundred yard field? I don't know.
5: That would be interesting. (laughs) A lot of times they say same city instead of same venue. Check your sports book rules.
4: That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. I think the conclusion is we had hi- history last night, and it feels like it's a little footnote, and it is, but it is interesting that with Fezzik, with Brad, with me, you're talking about like a hundred years of a sports betting experience. You've never seen, you've never seen a game played like this. In which betting, I mean, to me, the idea the total is the one that's the real shocker. I mean, but again, if there's no rule, what do they do? The only thing I'm a little suspicious of is I feel like if they were lopsided one way, and I mean big-time lopsided, they would have found a way to say, they, they probably have a rule written in there at the sportsbook's discretion, if the fundamental elements of the mm-hmm. game are altered, the bet cannot stand and that's why people just are so sour on the swamp. If it's the swamp of sports books, politically, whatever, is they want to win every time. And there's a great movie, Margin Call. And there's a point where someone says, Well, this company's screwed now. And the other guy goes, You have no idea what these people will do not to lose money. And I think what we've seen with the sports books, same thing. And when we come back, maybe even worse, the NFL because if you really break down the hypocrisy of playing that game last night is it a game or is it a business it's a business we'll break it down when we come back
0: be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Jonas Knox will deserve a few days off. Weekdays, every weekday, we're here bringing the fun of Vegas straight to you. You can listen. 200 Fox Sports Radio stations. Also, FoxSportsRadio.com. The iHeartRadio app, the podcast, just search for R.J. Bell. Serious? I think there's even more, even more. Right now on the strip, it's 102 degrees. The neon is coursing. We talked about it in the first segment. What a night in NFL preseason. 80-yard field, NFL. you could got to ask yourself, is it business or is it a game? Well, let's think. You've got how much value in players on the teams. Meaning if you add up, I guess we know, right? We know what the salary cap is. I guess in theory, the more players than would be on a roster or a squad or whatever, whatever the cut is now. Right? It used to be 45 I always get confused now. It's like 53 and there, there's no taxi squad anymore. But all right, let's say around 50 some. We're talking well over $250 million a year, a quarter billion a year worth of talent on the field. And they somehow want to play on a field so bad that you have to make it an 80-yard field. And let's be candid. If it was only the end zone, like somehow there was an earthquake and it went right through that end zone and nothing else, you could say by eliminating that end zone, you've eliminated the problem. But most likely... And visually, it seemed it was a spectrum where the end zone was the worst. There was a couple spots over here not so good and other areas that were good. But you're putting a quarter billion worth of talent per year at risk. Why? Because one day there might be a team in Canada. <laughs> eh? And the last time they tried to play one of these money games, you could say, not money games like these bad college teams playing money games against Ohio State or whatever, but rather, hey, this game, like the games in London, it's laying the groundwork for the future. where We're not just nationwide, the NFL, but we're international. Okay, great vision. And even maybe okay if you tell everybody, imagine the commissioner gets up there and says, all right, guys, listen, time for some adult conversation, some straight talk. And you say... Or he says, the commissioner, that's my commissioner voice, a little you know, deeper and stronger. And he says, these players, they're cogs in a wheel. They're like pawns on a chessboard. <laughs> and, yeah, we don't want anyone to get hurt, but sometimes pawns die. Sometimes you hurt your knee. Sometimes you get concussions, et cetera, et cetera. You can't think straight when you're 55. But, hey, it's all in the game. As Omar said, that's what the commissioner would say, quoting the wire. And then <laughs> he say, listen, I know the odds of a key player getting hurt was significantly high, or any player getting hurt was significantly higher, but do you know how much the Canadian market's worth? Hey, if we lost a pawn, we lost a pawn. Now, does anyone here believe that's not exact, or is there anyone here that really is skeptical that that's not what the commissioner's thinking? He might not form it quite that way for his own sanity. (laughs) But isn't that what any commissioner pretty much, you know. Now, again, an Adam Silver, you might say, is thinking more about, yeah, we could make money this way. But if I get the players behind me by making a decision that seems player friendly, maybe we save one percentage point on the revenue split next contract. And, oh, that's more money than we would have gained from the goodwill around that game. I'm not saying he wouldn't calculate it differently. But every commissioner, in a way, has a fiduciary responsibility to make the most money for the organization. And in this case, the collection of NFL teams. But no way <laughs> is any commissioner going to say what I said. In no way are they going to say it even in politically correct terms. But, Brad, let me ask you, and then we'll ask Fez, is there any doubt that's the way they're thinking because how could you make the case the player' safety is paramount and allow that game to happen they could have canceled that game
6: especially after that just have we had a similar situation just happened last year when you tried to travel outside the country to Mexico City field conditions an issue have to move the game I, I don't get how that happens again RJ you couldn't send a guy it happens
4: there? easy because these fields I mean it happens at the Hall of Fame game two years ago right yeah meaning this is a place that doesn't have NFL games typically, even if they have it once a year. The standards on an NFL field are very high, and to replicate that seemingly is beyond almost any other venue. I mean, if you would say, and let's call London a place that has multiple games a year, you could say that's the exception and give them credit, but if you count the Hall of Fame game, you count the game in Mexico City, you count this Canadian game, in the last X number of these games, more than half of them has been canceled, yep. or either canceled or compromised. Yep. Right. Fez thoughts? I think you got a
5: great point, RJ. That one questions if the Hall of Fame game hadn't been canceled, if that Mexico
4: game hadn't been canceled, would things have been different? But almost so. Like- you're saying they didn't want to cancel. If anything, it feels like not canceling it when you had canceled before makes it more egregious. Meaning if the field is particularly bad, since you were well, remember, they didn't cancel the Mexico City game. They moved it. Right. So they didn't lose any money or whatever. They lost the goodwill around that game in theory. But listen, I'm an adult. Tell me that money's more important than some random faceless player to the commissioner. Yeah, it is. Just like the drug companies do a calculation and say how many's gonna get hooked. Might we get sued for these you know opioids, et cetera. Yeah, maybe there's this. Cha- it's all a spreadsheet. It's all it is at the top, literally with cancer. Oh, should we talk about this spill? We're you know production plan X, Y, Z. If we do, here's the cost. If we don't, here's the cost. I mean, just watch the movie The Insider. Watch the movie uh, The Rainmaker. And obviously these are movies, but they're coming from reality. Imagine a commission or a commissioner. Or a CEO saying, I want to come forward with this information. It's going to bankrupt my company, but it will stop 30 people from getting lead poisoning in city XYZ. The stockholders would sue him for doing that. So this is capitalism. It is about money. We all benefit from that. From the lowest to the highest in this country, just at minimum, the support infrastructure around us all the way from the top to the bottom is because this country makes so much money you can move to Sweden I guess but here it's all about the dollar last thing I heard a rumor that they were thinking the can won the game and then at the stadium this chant went up and they decided to play
2: Get them free. Get-
4: Now, that's from the Bad News Bears. Remember when they were Bad News Bears too? Fez, you're oh, right, wow. at the Astrodome. <laughs> yeah. Now, the fact that somehow that same chant went up in Canada yesterday could be a coincidence. Hey. Or it could be we have some very <laughs> well-movied, you know, some very artistically cultured people up in Canada. <laughs> at least that's what I hear. In one minute, we're going to talk about that, you know something, let's get into college football. I was going to do a little more NFL. We're going to have picks at the end of the show. Best bet, actually, from Fez. But next, in a minute, we're going to talk about the best college football teams in the country overrated, underrated.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special
2: offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
4: Thank you. Brad, what were the odds that there would be a Bad News Bears to Astrodome let them play clip today?
6: Oh, my goodness. 200 to 1 at least. <laughs>
4: I think any other show, two million to <laughs>
6: Probably, yeah. All
4: right, I'm R.J. Bell. Brad Powers, he has all the college knowledge. You now, think about this, guy. Since the NCAA tournament, Brad's been in his secondary areas of expertise, and he's still showing himself, acquitting himself, as some would say. Very well. Now, though, the belly of the beast. College football, his favorite sport, his expertise. Years, seven years, I think, with Phil Steele, one of the real elite college football guys. Then he said, "Listen, I wanna, wanna go to a guy who doesn't know college football." So you went to R.J. Bow. Fair enough. Let's do it. We got in the Athletic, the web's, uh, the new pay website. When I say new, I guess last couple of years, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams. That there are eight writers, college football experts. They each had to pick four teams to make the playoffs. And so let's make this simple. Everybody picked Alabama. 8-out-8. Yep. of Everybody pick Clemson. Then there's some other picks. We're going to go through each of the eight teams quickly, just as a point or two, kind of setting the groundwork for the college football season, which kicks off this weekend. And you'll have a pick or at least an opinion, right, on the Miami of Florida I game. will. Yep. Lean. And Hawaii, by the way, uh, streaming now, Hawaii. Did you hear this? The games are all streaming on Facebook. Yep. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. I'll tell you why after the break. But let's get through these games. (laughs) Alabama-Clemson, who's better? Right now,
6: there is an early line if these two play in the playoffs. What is it? Yeah, so it's available at the Golden Nugget here in Vegas. And Clemson, not Alabama. Clemson's a two-point favorite. So Clemson's better. And if you look at the title wads with these two... Clemson's slightly better, plus 225 in the marketplace, Alabama's plus 250, RJ.
4: So we got two big, big favors. Yeah. Now, Colin Cowherd right here on Fox Sports Radio, very well-respected. Uh, Jonas and him have a conflict, but with me especially, sort of a mentor, he thinks Clemson, he, he had a statement on Clemson. You can't have a bigger statement than he had.
6: Yeah, so he, Colin Coward said he thinks Clemson is going to be one of the best teams in college football all time in history. He said at least in a generation, Clemson, the best team he's seen.
4: All right, and some people believe literally that Alabama has the best playmakers they've ever had. So, and, so on one hand, you're looking at Tua, a guy who was 90-plus percent to win the Heisman with, like, what, two weeks to go. Yes. Now another year— mature, old physically, all that stuff. Some say the best, most powerful weapons Alabama's ever had, and somehow they're not the best team in the country. (laughs) That tells you Clemson must be pretty
6: good. Yeah, and I mean, arguably the best coach in the history of college football, Nick Saban. Yeah, you're right on the weapons. Alabama's wide receivers, people are calling maybe the best set of wide receivers we've ever seen on any team in college football history.
4: So this, uh, and right now, if they played, uh, the early line would be Clemson favored. Now, Last thing on this game, Clemson's quarterback, some people believe uh, one of the, you know, Colin again, one of the great talents of the last 10, 20 years. Do you agree with that? And what is the one weakness if
6: Clemson has any? I agree with it. Trevor Lawrence coming out of high school was the highest rated recruit coming out of high school since they've been doing these national services for the last couple of decades. And obviously acquitted himself quite well as a true freshman. There's one weakness on Clemson, defensive line.
4: Which, amazingly, last year they had one of the best defensive lines ever, right? Yeah,
6: and the NFL draft confirmed that by taking three of those players off their defensive line in the first 13 picks of the draft, and the fourth player also got drafted.
4: So Lawrence acquitted himself well, so is Brad Powers. He added a vocabulary word in the last three minutes. (laughs) I've never heard you say acquitted. No, I
6: haven't, I don't think. Try to step up, RJ. Listen, I mean, you've set the bar but, very yeah, high. Yeah,
4: but I mean, you know, they say emulation is the the highest form of flattery. So I yeah. appreciate it. We're straight out of Vegas, Oklahoma. Seven of the eight picks to make it. Some of it is Big Twelve. The path is through Texas. By the way, one person picked Texas. So amongst the everyone picked someone from the Big Twelve of the eight. Seven on o- Oklahoma, obviously a new quarterback. And but uh. A
6: quarterback we've all heard of. Yeah, familiar name, Jalen Hurts, who's been the quarterback at Alabama the last three years is the new quarterback for Oklahoma. And I watched the spring game, RJ. Jalen Hurts already looked like an improved passer. The magic of Lincoln Riley, the head coach of Oklahoma, who's had two different quarterbacks the last two years. Both have been number one picks. Both have been Heisman Trophy winners.
4: The problem last year, obviously, defense for Oklahoma, a new whiz kid type D coordinator.
6: Yeah, his name's Alex Grinch. And he's got past history as far as being with an offensive coach. He was a defensive coordinator at Washington State a couple of years ago. Washington State had major issues on the defensive side of the ball. That defense was one of the most improved in the country. So I really love the hire. Now, RG. you
4: said something early that I was going to say, so I want to just shine a light on it. You said he's been a D coordinator, Grinch, now Oklahoma, with a high-powered offense. That's different than having a bad defense and turning around, which – was also the case, I think, at Washington State. Yep. But it's your team has to be in a certain type of shape. It has to only blitz so much. It ha- because here's the thing. If you're giving up gigantic plays and your offense is scoring gigantic plays, it's going to be a different kind of game versus maybe a bend that don't break defense. And even if the other team scores, it slows the game down. Meaning the interplay between an offense like Leach or Lincoln Riley and a defense is more complex than a typical D coordinator, the fact he was successful under Leach, I think says that that interplay is something that Grinch is going to be good at.
6: Absolutely, RJ.
4: And also I would make the following point. Lincoln Riley's start as a coach was at Texas Tech under Leach. So now Leach goes to Washington State, and then Grinch, who's from Ohio, another Ohio boy, goes out to Washington State. Then last year, D coordinator or co, I think, at Ohio State yep, you're right. as a young guy. But here's the thing. Leach and Lincoln Riley are friends. So when Lincoln Riley's deciding who's going to be D.C., he's talking to Leach. You know this is Coach Leach saying this guy A-plus because you've got a pipeline right into his former head coach. So I think, if anything, it was probably an informed coaching decision or hiring decision from Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma.
6: I think you're absolutely right, Archie, and I haven't heard that from any college football insider. Yeah, you know, now about.
4: and again, you know, the broken clock
6: theory. It's more than now and again.
4: <laughs> now, when we come back. We're going to finish up those couple last teams with a chance, or at least we expect to be one of the favorites to win the title and even make the playoffs. Also, best bet from Fez. He's taken the most popular preseason team. Everyone's been betting him. They've also been successful. He's going the other way back in a few.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
4: I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Best bet coming up in just a minute. So, Brad, Alabama, Clemson, everyone from the athletic thinks oh they they're going to make it. Oklahoma 7, new, the coordinator Grinch, optimism there. Now, Michigan, Ohio State both had two picks of the eight. They play. There's an early line on the game.
6: What yeah, is? it's in Ann Arbor this year. So, Michigan at home is a three-and-a-half point favorite over Ohio State. Now,
4: home – Field in the NFL is three. In college football, you'd make the case that the bigger, better venues, it's three and a half or four. So this is saying even teams.
6: Even teams, but I'll say this. If you've been watching that game, a lot of Buckeye fans have found themselves in the big house as of late. Uh,
4: well, yeah, because uh, Buckeye fans are better. And listen, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have any problem with Harbaugh personally, but there are objective facts, and I should say full disclosure, a uh, high state alum here, but when, with Harbaugh, I think it's fair to say. He smells. Again, just objectively. Now, Georgia, two people of the eight said, yes, Georgia makes it. Now, that means either Alabama doesn't or a second SEC team. What's the main takeaway from Georgia
6: coming into the year? Experienced quarterback, Jake Fromm, very efficient quarterback. He was number three in the country last year behind only Kyler Murray and Tua tunga as far as QBR. And Georgia also has, RJ, the best offensive line in college football. To
4: me, if it's only going to be two SEC teams and uh, a Big 12 team and then let the Pac-12 and the Big 10 split one, I, I don't like that myself. Yeah. I mean, to me, again, we've had all the different eight teams and all that ideas. I love the one, and I'll be candid. You guys might remember is I came up with this eight a while, you know, like a year and a half ago idea, and I've heard it a couple, and again, not saying anyone copied. It seems to gain momentum. Five of the big five conference champions, two wild cards, and the very highest rated team from the group of five. So the first seed gets the advantage of that group of five game. But the dream of a central Florida can be realized. So you're kind of replicating the NCAA tournament a little bit. And then if you win your conference, it means something. Yep. And then if you're so much better than the average second place finisher in a conference, you got two wild cards. Sounds like a good
6: plan to me, RJ. It, they can Let's have it for free. It
4: Just so they card the RJ Bell bracket, they can have it for free. <laughs> okay. Lastly, Oregon, Texas, only one picked each. If you had to have a ticket,
6: a free roll on one of them to make the playoffs, which would it be? Very easy question, very easy answer here. It's Oregon. 17 returning starters compared to only eight for Texas. Oregon's in a conference where there isn't a clear cut top 10 team. Texas is in the same conference as Oklahoma, a team that I think is clearly top five.
4: That's Brad Powers. Guys, if you listen to this and you don't follow Brad Powers on Twitter, then when you lose, it's your fault. Brad Powers, seven. On Twitter. We still don't know what it means. Brad Powers 7, all one word on Twitter. Fez, you got a best bet? First, though.
0: Whoa, make me rich, make me rich, Rabbit. You can drop that
4: yes! Best bet. Stop on
5: Tampa Bay plus one. I bet Tampa Bay. I like Tampa Bay against Cleveland. Guys, this is a bet against the Cleveland Browns. I can make the case Cleveland was an ultra public team during the middle of the summer before preseason even started. What's happened during August? Cleveland's played two preseason games. They've looked very good. They've covered two games, despite their coach, Freddie Kitchen, saying, you know, I really don't care that much about preseason, so Cleveland has become overhyped. I'm going to take
4: undervalued, quiet Tampa Now, Man. hold on a second. Are you implying that Freddie Kitchen saying that means it's true and that somehow they're still winning otherwise? Or maybe could you think – Boy, they're winning and covering, and Freddie says they're not really trying. Hmm. Now, listen, who's more in the hot seat than Freddie Kitchens amongst coaches of a decent team? And thus, if he says, I don't really expect to win. He's tamping down expectations where if he wins, it's like, oh, Freddie's amazing. And if he doesn't win, it's like, well, of course they're not going to win. He's not trying. But somehow Fez goes, oh, I believe it.
5: He did sit out as not only Mayfield, but as number two quarterback last week.
4: And did the – I mean, how many teams played Baker May – their starting quarterback well, in the second but game? But he sat as
5: number two guy also. All right.
4: And that seems like another way – but the line adjusted for that, right? Obviously. Yeah. So, to me, is it's Freddie saying, if I don't play my number one or number two, it doesn't matter if I win or lose. So, he's free rolling again, Fez. You know, for someone who's so cynical, he's so – uh In a way, he's like a child saying, I believe, I believe, which to me, I find to be endearing. Like, if he was as cynical as he usually was, you couldn't deal with him. At least he's a little bit believing. All right, guys, great show. We'll be back on Monday. We went over the odds. Next up, the odd couple. And by the way, next week, it is a full week of college football. Brad Powers will be rocking and rolling.